it's not actually about email. It's about who owns the responsibility for addressing the concerns these messages have brought up. And what we want to encourage you to do is instead say, this is not my problem to own. This is someone else that owns it. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. Is this thing on? Hey, what, what, what are you doing? I'm, I'm the one who Hello, those- everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Jill Giovanazzo, and with me in the other side, who is stammering, going, what are you doing talking first, is Brianne Dick, my co-host. We are here with the Visionary CEO podcast to talk about some myths today. Myths. Myths. I, I don't well, even, particularly the one myth. I, I don't even know where to go from here because you've like totally thrown off my rhythm. Like you said, I'm usually the one that jumps right in and starts this whole thing off. And now we're talking about myths and it's like, I don't even know what's going on. What's happening here? My whole worldview has been shattered completely, utterly. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Shall I continue to shatter it with by, by talking about uh, a topic today that is an interesting leap off of our conversation from last week when we were talking about leveraging your team to create content to support your business? I mean, all the noise, noise. Yes, that is definitely something that's going on with last week's topic when we talked about all the different ways that we end up in situations where we're producing so much content and stuff is everywhere and how that's not really going to help your business grow. I think the most interesting thing about producing all that content, which we often forget about, is that the more content you put out, the more places and opportunities you create for people to respond to you, which is good if they're responding with, I want to pay you. I don't know. If you look at my inbox, the number of emails I get from people who want to sell me a service because they picked my email address off of some random list is way higher than the number of people who are just begging to give me money. And it's not that we can't make sales. It's because... Inboxes are a mess, yo. So like last week, we talked about outgoing noise. This week is all about incoming noise and not just email either, right? Facebook Messenger, all the various social media DMs, uh, Slack, if you happen to use that for various communities. Voxer, like, WhatsApp, like the, <sighs> there are just so many different ways for people to get a hold of us, for us to get a hold of each other. And I think... What's interesting about this conversation is that the way you handle this problem changes and evolves as your business changes and evolves because the the problem changes in its own way. And that's what I think is so interesting. And so, you know, I was talking with one of our clients about how this problem starts, right? What's the root of this problem? And here's how she described it. I am Rebecca Smith, the founder of Complete Performance Coaching, and I help young athletes build lasting confidence. When I started my business, it was The Rebecca Show, and I was constantly bombarded with Facebook notifications, emails, forum posts, and felt like at any moment of the day, I needed to respond immediately or else. That doesn't sound familiar at all. No. And, you know, so many of us start our business as freelancers or 
coaches or solopreneurs, if you want to use that term, where it is. It's the Brianne show. It's the Rebecca show. It's the Jill show. It's, It's the me show. Yeah, it's the me show. And so what happens is, you know, the the word that Rebecca used was so good. It was bombarded, right? We get bombarded Mm -hmm. with requests from all over. And that's where most of us have to start when it comes to solving this problem, which is purely getting rid of some of that noise and cutting through some of that volume. Let me comment here that it's not just about the amount. We're not talking about the amount of incoming messages. We're talking about the noise. In other words, the various things that, let's say don't matter, Mm -hmm. but they're distractions. Yeah. The things that are going to keep you from doing what you need to do. And I think one of the things that folks tend to do first when they start to have the situation of all the notifications and all this noise coming in is this is what I did first, which was I just set up a different email address. And I have an email address that's my personal email address. And I have an email address that is the business email address. And that's stage one, is separating out those different sources information because yeah, or creating like filters and folders. Right. And, exactly. And that kind of thing. Information is noise if it's in the wrong context. Put the information in the right context and it might not be noise. So I think that's step one where you need to start is put information in the right context. And then once you do that, see what I find generally tends to happen, and I I did this myself, I'm on this list too, this is me, is you then turn around and you start to almost treat your inbox like a to-do list. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I need to get back to this person and I need to do this and I need to do that. And it's it's this kind of checklist almost that you have to go down Mm -hmm. to complete, be it on the personal side or on the business side. Yeah. And when you start doing that, in other words, really, you're starting to let actually someone else essentially dictate your actions because you're waiting on, you're being reactionary to what's coming into you rather than being proactive and handling things even before they start to come up. And that's where people go with the next step of trying to solve this problem. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to just have all of this stuff coming in and I don't want my inbox to be my to-do list. So I'm going to try and take a step back and I'm going to hire an admin and blame growth hacker culture if you want, because that's, I mean, you can read all of those blog posts. There are many of them about how the solution is to hire an overseas VA from the Philippines to manage your inbox, to take over and do all the responses. And then you just never have to do email again. And you'll be caught up on everything. And I I don't know how that works because I don't want my VA signing legal documents that my lawyer sends me. It it does to a certain extent. Don't get me wrong. It gets you a certain part of the way there, but it doesn't actually take care of the root issue. Right. But again, as an intermediate step, it can be useful. You get an admin in, you have them look at the way you've responded to emails in the past. You train them on the way you like to respond and you can have them do triaging. They can filter stuff. They know that if an email comes from the lawyer, it goes into your brand's to-do folder. Whereas if it's Joe Schmo with a request to have you on a podcast, then, you know, they handle it in a different sort of way. And that can, yeah, that you can essentially work. create this kind of tiered system. You see it quite often in 
larger corporate, when you like, you call a help desk, you get the first tier of the people and then it gets elevated to the next one. And then eventually you get elevated up until you get your solution. Right. And again, for the right business and the stage that you're at, hiring someone that you can delegate email to can work relatively well, assuming that the kind of email that you're dealing with can be addressed by a helper. I started having an assistant deal with things because I realized that as I got busier, things were falling through the cracks. So either someone else was going to respond, maybe not perfectly as me, but I, I owned that done was better than perfect. So my assistant started taking on some of the responses. And then I realized how wonderful that experience was of not being beholden to my email box. So now I delegate literally everything. And have you ever had situations where you've gotten pushback from people that maybe you weren't as available because that was your fear? Never, not once. (laughs) So as step two, I guess, step one was separate your email and personal inbox, use filters. Step two is allow someone else to start dealing with the work stuff that's coming in so that it's not just you. That can absolutely work. Yep, absolutely. And it, it will work to a certain point. But in the end, what you've actually done, though, is you've just shifted where the bottleneck is. Okay, so tell me more about that, because there are a lot of people who think that this is the solution. In fact, if I had to point to one myth out of this whole conversation, it would be if I just get an admin to manage my inbox, then all my email problems go away. So why doesn't that solve the problem? Because you still have email problems, right? (laughs) You still have the noise coming in. Yeah. You're still, it's it's one of those things. What's the saying? Treating the symptom, not the cause. Yeah. And I think it's also a situation, we talk about this a lot when people hire like project managers or integrators to run the business. You know, I want an integrator to replace me. And I always ask them, what happens if your integrator gets sick? Or if they have a family member pass away unexpectedly, which has happened to our clients before. Mm -hmm. And then it's that person isn't there. So all of the problems that person was supposed to solve have now come back on my shoulders. What happens if your admin is unavailable? Do you need to have three admins managing your inbox so they can cover for each other just so that your email can get addressed? Like you're just shifting the problem from I have to deal with it to now my admin has to deal with it. But as you said, Jill, this hasn't actually gotten rid of the problem at all. No, exactly. You've literally shifted. And not only that, but there's a lot of risk when you have someone outside filtering your messages. Like, can we, can, it's one thing if you have someone internal, like an employee that's responsible for managing your inbox. But the number of times that I see people, again, following this four hour work week philosophy of hire someone from the Philippines, and it's not even, intentionally but there are certain messages that you as the signatory for the business should be dealing with and unless you have a lot of protections in place just giving unfettered access to your inbox i mean that's how embezzlement happens right it's like oh i have access to your email therefore i can get access to your bank account password because I can do the forgot a password thing and I can use the two-factor authentication. And I'm not saying that the people you hire are going to do that, 
But again, it goes to this point that you haven't solved the underlying problem, which is that all this stuff is coming in to your inbox. And some of it should be like the legal and bank account stuff, but a lot of it shouldn't be. And so the solution isn't just to get someone in your inbox. It's to get the emails out of your inbox and get them to a place where they can actually do some good. So like, for example, if we're talking like if you use emails for your clients, if email is the primary way that you communicate with your clients, allowing them to email you directly, you could be actually too accommodating. Mm -hmm to your clients by allowing that. Yeah. And what happens as you go to build out your delivery team and someone else needs to know about the email that someone sent, a client sent an email and they Mm -hmm. need to have that information because they're going to get a call with them. Do they have to log into your inbox and filter through all of that? It, It doesn't make a lot of sense when we start thinking about an actual scalable business and scalable delivery because you haven't set your business up to separate the stuff that you deliver and the work that happens from you personally. And we talk about this so often. If you are the business, then it doesn't matter that all of the business's email is coming to you personally. But if you're not the business, then the Mm -hmm. business should be getting that email, not you personally. And so, you know, we, we comment on that, right? You've, you've split it, like, even at that point, right? What happens when you get stuff that comes in and what do you do? Yeah. How do you manage this transition of it's not me that has to handle things, but it's the business that is responsible for all of this? And I remember talking about this. It was Keela talked about Keela, this yeah. in the last season because she really wanted to go through this shift of having people not contacting her, but contacting the business. And the solution she came up with was really simple. And fascinating, too, because what happened here is this was part of her being scalable, right? And so this was part of her hiring on and then expanding her team and moving herself out of being the front person on delivery. Yeah. And actually, it was a way of retraining clients and empowering teams at the same time. So I set up an autoresponder that was basically like, it was way more tactful than this, but it's essentially, you're probably not trying to talk to me. If you are a current client and you have a question about this is who you should be emailing. If you have a general question, this is who you should be emailing. So one, it got them off my plate to go to the department that they thought they should be talking to. What that then created was if they went to the wrong place, or if they replied to an email from taxes that should have gone to the admin. They don't ask me about that. Just send it to the place where it's supposed to go. Slack the person that you have the question from. Talk amongst yourselves around this one client so that I don't become the bottleneck because both of you have now gotten an email from this person. What do y'all need to do to make this um, work? So credit where credit's due. I think that idea came from you, Jill, to do that. It did, actually, (laughs) yeah. It was a conversation that we were having, the same conversation that we're having right now with regards to email and noise and how do I handle this? Like I said, in this case, Keela was hiring, expanding her team, but she still had clients coming to her. And she was the one that was actually taking and managing these client issues when really they should have been passed on to the person that she was hired. And that's what she said. And I thought it was such a good line where she says, 
you are probably not trying to talk to me. You actually don't want to talk to me. I am not the right person to answer this question, but you just are coming to me because you think I'm the right person, but actually it's this other person over there. You're not even trying to talk to me, but I'm the only person you know, so you're going to talk to me by default. That is like the case in point of you are the business, right? When clients don't know that there are other people to talk to and they only know how to talk to you, that's a problem. Exactly. Right. And that's where having this opportunity, not only to, in in Keila's case, the autoresponder, but like going back to some of the things that we talked about before, right? Breaking out personal emails, having something like a shared support account or a help desk tool where everyone can be part of the inbox and see all of the various things that are going on and take on those various pieces. One particular place I can think of, it's it was service provision and they had clients coming in and they need support. And so who's going to take the next thing? They didn't have any kind of account management. So they created a pool, yeah. right? Where all of the emails came in and it was kind of a first come first serve type thing. It's just yeah. a standard help desk. Yeah. You had three and people. And it's amazing the difference. You had three people who were available. They would just work down oldest to newest. They would take the tickets and they would, they would empty out the inbox. There's a company and I can't remember which one it is which actually has a rule that every person in the business from the CEO all the way, doesn't matter what your job is or what your role is, but you are responsible for being in the inbox and doing customer service. And it's maybe not every day, all day, but it's like everyone has a shift because that's how you're going to stay in touch with what the customers want, what's going on. Even if you can't address the question, you start to learn who can address the question and how can I provide good support? Yeah. And this is actually a really great example from a different perspective. Think of a, and again, this one of our clients has this community setup and community engagement. If you're actually actively managing a curated community and you're wanting to promote engagement, asking one person to continually be engaging on behalf of the company all at once 24-7 is a huge ask. You can certainly put someone at the top of the list as this is your main job, but everyone should take a piece of that puzzle and be able to go in and answer questions. And as you said, you start to learn not only what questions you can answer, but who to go to for the answers that you don't know to. I think this is a really great opportunity, too, to look at what do your values say, right? How do you want your company to be showing up to clients? And I was talking with our team earlier today, and we were talking about this idea. One of our values is that there's always a better way, right? There's always a better way. And if I'm the only person that's addressing an email or a customer question or something like that, they will only get one answer. But that might not be the best way. There might be someone else that has an even better answer. But if they never see it, and I never think to ask them, it can create these challenges around, we can't know what the better way is. But I do want to drop in just one thing. And I know we don't usually get tactical on the podcast, but I do want to get tactical for just a moment. Because if you use Google as your underlying email provider, Google Workplace, Workspace, whatever they call themselves these days, or Gmail or whatever is Google Suite. Yeah, that thing. If you use Google to provide your company's email, there's a couple of good things you can do. Number one is you can take any email address, take the part before the at symbol and add plus blah, 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 blah. So it could be uh, support plus 
clients at visionaryceoacademy.com or sales plus VIP at blah, 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 whatever it is.com. The sales part that comes before the plus or the support part that comes before the plus is an actual email address. What comes after doesn't have to be a real email address. And so you can set up to have all of this stuff and then you can filter on it. And it's beautiful because you can start to have these filters all through one email inbox. So you could have support plus clients and support plus sales and support plus tech and support plus whatever. And those things will all automatically get filtered. That's my one tactical tip for all of this. My second tactical tip in the spirit of clearing stuff out so it goes through different channels and you don't get the noise in the first place, please set up something like payments at or accounts Mm -hmm. at and send subscriptions at. at. All of those things where you need to have logins for stuff or you have invoices that are coming through, it is the best thing ever to have invoices at your URL here and you just sign up anytime you're going to pay for something. That's the billing email address. And you just automatically forward that to your bookkeeper. It's beautiful. It makes bookkeeping so much easier. It's beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. You won't get everything, but it gets pretty much everything. Right? I mean, those are really tactical examples, but that's what we're talking about here. Reduce the noise on the way in and then look at what's actually happening within the emails and get your team to be owning those emails instead of it being you. Have your inbox for stuff that is related to your job as the CEO. So when the lawyer reaches out, it should go to you. But everything else, they probably don't want to talk to you. They want to talk to the business. We're talking right now about clients. We're talking about potential clients. We're talking about audience, right? When we're talking about team, if you have a team, please get something other than email to communicate with your team. Yeah, please. And and, what- and if you have a team of more than two other people plus yourself, please get something other than WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, the number of clients, this is a, a very sore situation, the number of clients that Jill has had to wean off of WhatsApp for their team communication. It's, please. It, it's been a little traumatic to say it's just again it's communication everywhere whatsapp's a really great example of how you can just have so many lines of communication coming into one quote-unquote inbox and you lose track of all the things that are going on and how it all comes together yeah and i think ultimately that's what this comes down to it's not actually about email it's not actually about the inbox it's about who owns the responsibility for addressing the concerns that these messages have brought up and what's the best way to address them because as long as it's coming to your inbox what you're saying is this is my problem and i'm delegating it to someone else to solve and what yes we want to encourage you to do is instead say this is not my problem to own this is someone else that owns it they own it therefore it goes directly to them and they are empowered to solve the problem Exactly. And if that's the case, if you are having those problems, if you're not able to make those adjustments and make those changes, then, you know, let us know. 
because that's one of the things that we love to work with when we're going through the academy, looking at these bottlenecks, looking at process changes and structure changes that can help support you in clearing up the lines of communication, in making and getting rid of all of the noise. That's, that's one of the biggest pieces that we look at when we're looking at the academy. And so give us a message, drop us whatever Facebook, Instagram, whatever line you're coming in on, right? We have our processes set up to handle that. Yeah. Let's help you do the same thing. Yeah. So as Jill said, you can reach us on Facebook, on Instagram. Do let us know how this all works out for you in terms of triaging. It's not just triaging though, but about actually getting the inbox to where it's not your responsibility to deal with, but it's your business's responsibility to handle. And then do me a favor and make sure that you don't have that business email on your phone. Yeah, that's the last pro tip for today. We're going to leave it there for you today. Get your email off of your phone. Let your business handle the inbox. We'll talk to you next time on the Visionary CEO podcast from the unceded territory of the Qualicum First Nation. I'm Brianne Dick. She's Jill Giovanazzo. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, hosted and produced by Brian Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag Visionary CEO Podcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi Radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey there, it's Jill. We just wanted to take a moment to let you know that everything we've been talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with our clients in the Visionary CEO Academy. Our programs and masterminds are some of the most advanced business leadership opportunities out there and are designed specifically to help strategists, coaches, and other online business owners like yourself scale your business to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, by keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more information and to get started. Can't wait to see you there.